Welcome to 7-Minute Torah, an exploration of the weekly Torah portion. I'm Rabbi Micah Streifer. This podcast consists of about 7 to 10 minutes on the weekly parasha, hence the name 7-Minute Torah. Some weeks it's just me, and other weeks I'm in conversation with another rabbi or a Jewish thought leader. Thanks for listening. There is a wonderful story from the Hasidic tradition that tells about Rabbi Zusia of Khanipol. Now, Rabbi Zusia is a real person, a Hasidic Rebbe of the 18th century. He died in 1800. And although Reb Zusia didn't write any books, there are many stories about him, and this is one of them. When Reb Zusia was on his deathbed, his students found him in tears. They found him crying. They asked him why he was crying, and he said that he was afraid of the divine judgment that he would face once he passed to the next world. So his students tried to comfort him. They said, but Reb Zusia, you have been almost as wise as Moses, almost as kind as Abraham. Why would you possibly worry about judgment in the next world? And Reb Zusia replied, when I get to heaven, when I face judgment in the next world, I won't be asked, Zusia, why weren't you more like Moses? And I won't be asked, Zusia, why weren't you more like Abraham? Rather, I will be asked, Zusia, why weren't you more like Zusia? So the moral of this Hasidic story, I think, is a really powerful one. It is that our task on earth is not to try to be as great as other people, but rather, you might say, to be as great as ourselves. I like this idea that we are always in the process of becoming, and that our task on earth is to figure out who we are, to be more like Zeusia, which is to say, to be more and more like yourself. We see a version of that in this week's Torah portion, which is Vayakhel. Now, we're one parsha from the end of the book of Exodus, and we're still reading about what goes on at Sinai. This week, the people of Israel are building the Mishkan, building the tabernacle. You might say, weren't they just doing that a few weeks ago? And the answer is that back in Truma, about three weeks ago, the last time we read about the Mishkan, we read the instructions for how to build it. This week, we read the actual building of it. So Moses brings together the people, which is the meaning of the Hebrew word vayakel, the name of the portion. He brought them together. They go about gathering donations, and then they start building the Mishkan. And it says the following. This is Exodus chapter 35, verse 10. It says, Let all among you who are skilled, and I'll come back to that word skilled, because it doesn't actually mean that. Let all among you who are skilled come and make all that God has commanded. And then it lists off all the stuff they're supposed to make. The mishkan, its tent, its covering, the clasps and planks and bars and posts and sockets and ark and poles and cover. And that's only about half the paragraph. I won't read the whole thing. But you get an idea. They're going to build this beautiful structure in which God will be worshipped and in which God is understood to dwell amongst and between the people. Now, I chose the verse that I chose because the commentators have two really interesting questions about it. I'm going to read the verse again, and then I'll tell you what the questions are. Anyone who is chacham lev, who is skilled or wise-hearted, let them come and make all the things that the Eternal has commanded. 
So there are a couple questions that this might raise for us and that it does raise for the commentators. Number one, when did slaves learn the artistic skills necessary to build this Mishkan? We're not just talking about making bricks and pyramids. We're talking about architecture. We're talking about metalwork. We're talking about weaving and dyeing and artistry. When did they have time amidst their slave life to train in these artistic abilities? That's question number one. Question number two is linguistic. In the verse that I just read, there's a really interesting phrase, chacham lev. I translated it first as skilled, and then more literally as wise-hearted. And in fact, this is not the only time in this parsha that we see references to hearts. Elsewhere, the Torah uses the language of asher nasa olibo, those whose hearts are lifted up with skill. So the Torah seems to be describing this artistry as something that comes from your heart, something that somehow involves the lifting up or the imbuing of the heart with wisdom. It's important to remember that ancient people understood the heart to be not only the seat of emotion, but also the seat of intellect. The Ramban, Rabbi Moshe ben Nachman, or Nachmanides, who's a 13th century Spanish commentator, a mystic, answers both of these questions for us at the same time. He says, The reason for using such a phrase, whose heart stirred him up, is because they undertook to do the work, even though there was no one amongst them that had learned these crafts from an instructor, rather a person who felt in their nature that they knew how to do such skills, their heart was lifted up in the ways of the eternal. So Nachmanides' answer to our question number one, how did these people learn how to do this, is they didn't. They were slaves and they never trained as artisans. These were innate skills that were inside of them. Back when they were in Egypt in the depths of slavery and poverty, they didn't have time to hone these skills. But now that they were in the wilderness and looking to serve God, these things were lifted up in their hearts. I find this message really interesting. And I think that Nachmanides is talking to us about the same thing that Reb Zusia was talking about, which is the process of becoming more and more yourself. He essentially says, we all have these capacities, these abilities, these potentials within us. We're all good at lots of things. We don't always have the time or the wherewithal or the ability to develop those things. We don't always even know what they are, especially when we're in the depths, when we're in the Egypts of our lives. But when we move ourselves away from those depths, away from those Egypts, whatever our personal Egypts are in our lives, when we move ourselves out into the wilderness, then we can explore and develop our capacities and become more and more ourselves. Now, that's a big metaphor that I've just laid out. But in some ways, it is actually the story of the Torah, moving from Egypt through the wilderness toward the promised land. Of course, in Torah, you never actually get to the promised land, which I think is another way of saying we're always in the process of becoming, always figuring out who we are. And I want to quote one more thinker in that regard, who's really interesting for this discussion because he's both a rabbi and a psychiatrist. And that's Rabbi Abraham Tversky who was both a descendant of Hasidic Rebbe's and a practicing psychotherapist and professor of psychiatry, who passed away actually only a year ago. And he writes in his commentary on this Parsha, Clinically, 
I repeatedly encounter people who are not aware of their inherent skills and personality assets. He continues, in my writings on self-esteem, I point out that not only are many people oblivious of their personality assets and potential, but even when these are pointed out to them, they persist in denying them. So here we have a kind of a psychological corroboration of what we're talking about. There are certain things that stop us, that keep us from developing our potential, from being fully ourselves. The Torah calls it Egypt, Mitzrayim, the narrow places or the depths. Rabbi Tversky calls it self-esteem. But I think it's broader than that. I think we can all point to the things that keep us from reaching our potential. Maybe it's our anxieties, our stresses. Maybe it's our fear of failure, of disappointment, of disappointing others. We can all make our lists, right? I think we move regularly between these two spaces, between Egypt and the wilderness, between the place of being closed off and narrowed, and the place of being open and being able to explore and grow into our best selves. And then the question becomes, what does it take to move from the one place to the other? And that could be the subject of a whole other podcast, but I will say off the top of my head that I think the name of the Parsha gives us a clue. Vayakel means they came together. And I think that we need the security of each other. We need connection. We need positive emotions. We need relationships that help support us in figuring out who we are and where we're going. And I also think we need the experience of being there for others in the same ways. So as we leave our Israelite ancestors this week, they are building the Mishkan. They are discovering and using skills that they never knew they had. They're working together to build a holy space. And at the same time, they're supporting each other in figuring out how to be like Zusia how to become more and more themselves. Next week, we'll bring the book of Exodus to an end. Thanks for listening in, and I'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in to 7-Minute Torah. Have you checked out the conversation in our Facebook group? Just go to Facebook and search 7-Minute Torah, listen and discuss. Then you can join the group and join the conversation. See you there.